You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to Line Noise. This week we have another very special guest, someone who I've wanted to talk to for a while actually, uh, Sasul Rupati, who is a Finnish electronic musician of rare caliber and breadth. Uh, he's recorded as Luomo, Sisto, uh, Konoko, Ripati, and most famously as Vladislav Delay, uh, uh, whose new album uh, Isoviha is released uh, at the end of July. We talk about that new album. Uh, we talk about the Great Wrath. We talk about rap music. We talk about jazz drums, uh, fatherhood, Sly and Robbie, all kinds of things. Um, I really hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing the interview. Thank you so much for for taking the time to do this today. It's an absolute uh, it's an absolute pleasure, um, and congratulations on the the new album. And I told you my Finnish pronunciation is going to be terrible, but it, it's Sofia. Works for me, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, Isovia, is how I would say. Yeah. Isovia. Uh-huh. So it was recorded four years ago, right? Um, why sort of the delay in actually coming out? Well, not because of my choice at all. Um, yeah. Well, you know, it's hard for me anyway to do interview about something I made four years ago. And I mean, I've done since a few albums and I'm working on now something else. So my mind is elsewhere. And um, I, I think it would be unfair if I didn't didn't speak what's on my mind. So... Basically, I'm starting my own label because none of this makes any more sense to me. That, I mean, this is fully all respect to labels, not only Planet Me, but all the labels I've worked with. But I understand what they're doing and why they're doing. But for myself and my situation as an artist and how you know low-key everything is and whatnot, I, I have to find different way, and uh, yeah. Next time, if we ever gonna call, uh, have a talk about album, it's been quite recent or as recent as possible. <laughs> Nowadays, I now finished first album for the for the label, and I had to finish it almost one year before to have it have the vinyls and whatnot. You know the whole. So it's still not fresh stuff, but you know. But this is this is extreme. I think the pandemic and. I don't know, you know, things are just different. And one label wanted to release two of my albums and I understand they wanted to, you know, wait that there's space enough that you want to talk to me again. And um, so that that's basically, I guess, all those things. So the, the new album is influenced by the heightened anxiety you feel when you return uh, to the city from the sort of nature, from the, from the wilderness. What made you decide? Well, Sorry? Well, that's press release <laughs> talk. But, you know, it's not so straightforward. But I've, I've been spending long times in the, in the wilderness. And um, I know what it feels like there. And I live where I live and work is also, I guess, for 99% of the population, it's, it's quite remote and wilderness already. So just from this vantage point what i feel in urban environment all, all what's going on in the modern world all, all that not when i return but just constant observation i 
as much as I try, I, I can't fully escape it, especially when traveling and so forth. So excuse me, I interrupted. So. No, that that's good. I mean, I, I was really interested in what made you decide to capture that emotion in your music, because it's a, you know, it's a difficult emotion. I think that comes across. Yeah, um, I, I don't really, or often I don't premeditate these things. Um, and I, I guess longer I, I do these things, um, if something wants to come through, I really kind of celebrate that and don't really question. Often it's more like afterwards, like, well, what happened? And, um, you know, all these things like, uh, so no, in this case, there were, there were no, I, I guess I work, I, I can analyze and I can speak about it afterwards, but I'm not very theoretical artist at all. I, I'm not interested in, in, in mixing that even in my workflow. I guess I'm a little bit even worried if I would be even slightly theoretical. Um, so when I work, it's just pretty much pure emotion and musical things. And um, when I, when this material started happening, um, I had done something before those two Raqqa albums. And um, I guess the principal question is what next, where to go, what, what can happen now within my means and my interests. And uh, yeah, um, I try to work more and more intuitively. I just really, you know, I know how to trigger myself to try things and uh, start working on something. And I pretty quickly sometimes can see like, mm -hmm, this makes sense and this is what happens. And maybe that never happened before. And then I really like, okay, close the world and just really go for that space and um, see what happens and often um, come back with something to, to you know, hold. Do you ever it, it does, yeah. Do, do you ever re-listen to your work when it's done, or are you are you more of the school that when it's done, you know, you you're moving on to the next thing? Yeah, I really don't revisit my stuff unless it's when I play live, and um, that's always the kind of face check. And uh, and I think the material I play more and more, it tends to be stuff I have not released yet, and it's still living. So when I play live, it's more to test how something might feel in front of people when I'm not on my ego trip here alone. And um, so no, I, I don't revisit my stuff at all. I don't, I don't find any pleasure in it. And it's quite often, I mean, I had, I've had to listen enough, everything I've done that um, I think I learned the lessons from them. And that's definitely what I, think it's it's something I have to do and I want to do but when that's done um, I have no no interest in in that stuff I, I don't you know it just doesn't really yeah I guess I'm quite focused on what I'm doing at the moment and I have just other ideas and um, and they do feel all quite just maybe because I have exhausted myself in that sphere I, I really don't um, I'm not interested in it anymore uh, to spend more time in it, I guess. Unless it's very rare moment, uh, like something like 
something very old, 50, 20 year old stuff I have not heard for a decade or longer. And then I happen to hear it in a weird, you know, room or situation. And that can be quite like, whoa. Uh, I don't, it's so detached already. I don't really much feel or hear it as my own. And that's nice when you can hear your own stuff as an outsider. But that takes really long time and distance. And also, I think skill is definitely something I'm working more and more trying to be able to detach myself from the material I'm working on. So to be able to hear it as, a, as a, someone who hears it for the first time or new, I think that's one of the Rubicon secrets. <laughs> it's definitely, um, yeah, um, I'm quite certain about the value of that and um, trying to think how to, or practice how to be able to do that faster and, and more efficient. And hmm. I mean, I'm fascinated by someone like yourself who has so much music um, under so many different names going back many years. Um, how do you view your music? I mean, do you um, do you have a particular view when you look back on everything you've done? Are, are you happy? What emotion? Like, what emotions do you feel? Well, when it comes to music, and uh, I guess more or less everything, I guess I'm not like a, a glass half full type. I, I really, first of all, I try not to just too much pay attention to it. But again, I, I try to look, I definitely don't see it as work or career, but it's something that means to me so much that I definitely try to uh, not do stupid stuff. And one way is to learn from your stupid mistakes and uh, I definitely pay attention to what I'm doing and um, yeah, trying to do the right thing for me as, uh, as a person slash artist. But um, it's, I mean, it's a shit show in the end. Like when I look at any period, I've been such a mess at the time. I, it's just random. Like I had no control, like, 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 real control over things at all i just stuff happened and i had a lot lots of love and passion for music and that was always the aim but i mean it just it could have been so many different things and uh and it's still like i mean i see it as life i don't see it as you know something i've been doing or like there's maybe like period before my daughter was born and period after that where I was just before quite egoistically, just, you know, narcissistically, just, you know, got lucky early and just could do what the fuck I wanted and just, you know, not pay any attention to anything. And the uh, music business was going and all that stuff. So that was maybe the spoiled period, if you make me look back. <laughs> and then came the music industry going away and I burned myself pretty bad with drugs and alcohol and I had to really just in so many ways to get my shit together and my daughter was born and um, I guess that was then the something like a sober period or like a grown-up period but both times I was just doing as much music as I could within the means um, I guess early part I was so out of it and really not focused that I guess I just wasted tons of stuff on such useless you know, but I have no regrets on that. And um, then the later part, I guess, 
doing the, the adult life really took lots of effort to, you know, care for my family. And um, I kind of put music on the side that it never, like, no, that was not, definitely not the hedonistic, hedonistic period. Um, and funny enough, I think now, I mean, two days ago, three days ago, our daughter moved away. <laughs> so I guess we are looking now at the, at the third period. I don't know, yet unnamed, but... Uh, but yeah, um, I guess I'm happy. Oh, first of all, fortunate to be able to have been, you know, I never done anything else in music, and I still love it enough to. Or oh, I'm pretty crazy about it to not have to question what I do. Um, and I, I start to see some growth or some sense in it, and I feel more, maybe less worried when things don't work because I still I just keep putting effort and things you just can't control or you can't just you know have to accept I do what I can I put quite a high effort almost always in and um, rest you just what can you do I'm interested yeah, you go forward mm. I'm interested um, in your experience as a father making music um, I've got two children I don't make music but you know I, I try to sort of expose them to to good music which you know they often <laughs> don't like at all um does, does your daughter like your music I think she respects my music she wouldn't like she wouldn't listen to it especially right now she's 16 and she has really her we share lots of musical taste and uh, yeah but no I mean, she, <laughs> my partner played her, I think, something like Entain for every night for two, three years when she was young. So, I mean, <laughs> I think she don't need to listen more my music anymore ever. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's that's the answer. And has having um, a daughter made you appreciate other music you might not listen to because it's kind of entered through other, um, well, it's entered through someone else's tastes and you see what someone else is enjoying, someone who's, who's very dear to you. Has it opened your ears to other things? Yeah, somewhat. I guess, I mean, because of her and me driving her to her, because we live so remote, I have to drive hours every week her to, to her ballet lessons. So we spend time in the car, and yeah, she plays me music, and I think I started to appreciate some of that stuff more than I maybe would have arrogantly being my own self somewhere alone, skipping Spotify. I, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I love pop music, and I, I, but she definitely brought stuff to my attention I would have not found my on my own. So yeah. Well, and maybe because it's it's my it's my daughter, I maybe give it more than a fair chance sometimes. So that plays a role, but that's maybe not the right way to do things. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. One of the reasons I asked about this was because um, on the recent album you did it as Ripati, uh, fun is not a straight line. Um, it was influenced by footwork and also by rap music, which you've loved for years. But I don't. think think i mean for me it didn't feel like that influence particularly came out in your music and then it did i mean why do you think this new new old influence came out sorry what do you mean new old in terms of 
Um, rap music, which is something you've like liked and listened to for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, on the on fun is not a straight line. That influence came out, and it mm-hmm. hadn't come out in your music before, as far as I could hear. Why do you think mm. it it took so long for that to to come out? Well, I mean, there's too many answers pop up simultaneously, but at least one important thing I think is. I think anything I really love dearly, I, and especially if it's something like coming from other cultures, I'm very hesitant to, to go fuck around with it. Um, reggae, jazz, rap music, you know, African, African, like a Cuban, like, like I have always loved it and I have studied most of it, Brazilian music also. Um, and I know a lot about it, but I still like something like dub techno is like, I just all like whatever. Even like trying to do jazz, it, it has really weird thing for me. And rap, I mean, of course, the the album you mentioned is not rap, but that came from from just sampling. I mean, I've been throughout years, I've been doing different kinds of kind of whatever dance music or, or rhythmic music, and it was always more for me to do whatever vocals and pop and hooks over which i did with loma of course uh, but uh, also early uh, in the beginning with with ripati also but i just got bored of, of sampling trying to find more you know vocal hooks and mainly it's like female r&b and it just started to just be boring and i was wondering what next and where and how and yeah it just happened that like rap things started to sound quite interesting sampled and that just really took me, like really took me quite, I spent so much time on, on just trying to look for that stuff and also having fun with it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I really don't want to use any more synthesizers as a sound source. Um, and anyway, I basically don't want to, as much as possible, not use any more, you know, things I've used for so long time so also trying to force something else and for example now with the album that is that i'm kind of excited now about is the my own label release in maybe october or november and that that's pretty mad stuff and that that sampling has gone then like <laughs> yeah well it's not rap anymore for sure it's um but you know you you or i at least um it's um I'm super happy when things excite me and you know when I really just I physically can't do things I've done before like I somehow just my body just goes limp you know it's, it's no use trying like I, I start hating myself and you know just terrible things go on so uh, you know when I'm done with something it's like that's one thing I don't want to do again ever. It's like one way or another. I mean, there's some, of course, if it's a lineage of, of a, you know, some concept I have, I will follow, but not in that way. That's, that's just like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, like none. Uh, so you then like, it's also like, I don't want to force and I, you know, artificially like, you know, let's find next gimmick it, that, that, that's bad. And uh, I, 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 I'm aware of the risk that it probably looks like, oh, he's just fucking around with, you know, taking next thing and like looking at trends and fair enough. But like for me, there's, there needs to be a musical meaning and, 
and this inspire uh, inspiration. It has to inspire me, and then you know I don't care anymore. I, I have so much fun in that process that you know worth everything. I, I, I you know it, there's no need to question it. Like that's what it, um, uh, you mentioned reggae. And it, it takes oh, something new, and it uh, it takes something new, and that new needs to be found organically or naturally. So it's a uh, longer I do, I guess harder it's be- becoming. Or I guess I start doing soon indie pop or something. It's um, you know. You mentioned reggae, um, and what was it like as a as a drummer working with one of the best rhythm sections? ever in the history of music in terms of Sly and Robbie. I mean, was that, was that intimidating? Was it, yeah, what was it like? Well, I mean, yeah, like you said yourself, it's just wicked, <laughs> wicked stuff. It's, uh, I'm a huge fan and, and uh, I'm not really a fanboy, but I really got along with Sly and Robbie well and it was really many years of, of really great stuff, especially live. Um, for me to the reason to, to join that kind of jazz slash reggae whatever fusion thing was that I, I was able to play with these people I admire and and, and can learn from them. Um, so yeah, I I think the the maybe the best thing was seeing Sly having done like I don't know Cillian reggae and dub records and you know hearing all the dubs, but he always plays them dry. And then, you know, King Tubby goes and like, and then he hears like, oh, funny. But now he plays through my things. And he's like a kid in the, you know, in the Christmas time. Like, he's just like, he can play to my delay lines. And we, we, uh, that, I, I, he never had done that before. And I don't think many, you know, it's not so common, but that, you know, that just made almost more or less any music bearable. I just had lo- lots of fun to just play with that master, you know, with uh, having this dialogue. And he's really, really good. I'm really uh, impressed by him as uh, also his musical. A pastor is listening three different music, different tracks, not simple, like different tempo, different style. He listens them three at the same time and like keeps them all organized in his mind. That's <laughs> pure madness. Like, I don't know how he does it, but I want to talk about about drumming again because you you um you are a jazz drummer and you worked with Moritz van Oswald who's also um has a background as, as a as a drummer. What was it like mm. as a drummer work like being the drummer for another drummer? I mean, was it was it because obviously he 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 couldn't he can play drums very well and you're playing drums for his for his musical projects. Um, did he give you free reign to play what you like? Did he sort of get involved or what yeah 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 it was fully i mean i changed my setup really i'm I'm how many years we played but i had like probably like 30 different sets and from first set on i started just it was for me quite interesting and also in the end with max together um to develop this kind of whatever fusion of, of metal or like kind of percussion-ish thing with, with effects and, and electronics combined and using contact mics and using like more or less traditional things, but making them sound like out of 
somewhere completely else. So, um, but yeah, Moritz, I mean, he was just, yeah. I'm, I don't think I'm artist or, or, or player that somebody hires as a session, like do this or this or this, because, you know, I, I just don't enjoy that. And I probably, that's, that wouldn't sound so good. So usually they always ask me to just, you know, fit in. And, uh, but I, I never thought of him being a drummer. Uh, I, I think I never even heard him play drums. So I have respect for him as a, as a person and as an artist, like if he plays drums or not, that plays like, um, I, I don't think he played any role. I don't think I even like, acknowledged that part there. Or even though we we be nerd about drums together, some you know just talking or whatever. But no, no, easy, easy. But uh, I also never saw myself playing drums. Like I think Tony Allen played drums right, definitely, and and the other guy before him. But I I you know it's pretty far from drums or even drumming. It was it went in, for me into very nice um, direction with something like I guess. Somebody would say, like, people doing Beaches Brew would do nowadays. Just, you know, explore and go go someplace with what's available now. And, um, yeah, it was fun. If I might ask a very nerdy question, um, who are your favorite drummers? Uh, Kenny Washington. He's, he's probably definitely one of my favorites. And uh, Brian Blade, jazz drummer also. Um, Is there something that unites what they do that you particularly like in them? But Kenny Washington is like a walking uh, history book. He has studied more jazz drumming since it started than anybody. He's like a walking encyclopedia and history book, and he he can he studied some he can mimic. That's nerdy stuff, but he can mimic different players and styles, like evil. Well. Like uh, it's spooky, but he also then can play his own style, and uh, it's just yeah. For me, it's like the the high end of style. And when you speak of staying in the in the like let's say fifties, sixties uh, idiom, that's um, he can do that better than anybody. And then Brian Blade, I really like his ability to play with Wayne Shorter and play with whatever Bob Dylan. And kill it both ways like mega bad. And um, he's a really dynamic player. I like that he's a little bit. I'm really bored of most of the time when people play or produce. And but he, for example, he surprises me. And he does things that I would not expect, and they took me take me off. And I really thrive in that. So he, he does that, and also super good style, good taste in in sound, and yeah, it's a master. Hmm. But there's so many like uh, I don't know different different genres and stuff. But but then it's like you know you see better than that and it's that like more valuable. Like I I I don't wanna you know I enjoy so many drummers. It's uh, it's better that like that. Going back to the new album, um, the name uh, is Soviha, means the Great Wrath. Um, and refers to a time in Finland uh, under rock, Russian occupation in the 1700s, um, mm. which is sadly, you know, more relevant in 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 the current world than it should be. Um, 
But what what can yeah. you t- what can you tell us about about that period and why did you decide to call the the album that? Well, I think I wrote down Isobiha in my memo book maybe at least ten years ago uh, because I wanted to work with that, uh, but I guess it took a while for me to even be comfortable to work with that and uh, it also like you don't want to you know make pretty pop songs and call that you know so now it's kind of finally you know they met um but it definitely wasn't politically made album like i said it's more just observation of the world but right now the world seems to be also including war blatantly in my next country almost um and that made me i had decided the album had done the track titles everything and then the work started but because there was such a long wait i think i finished the album two years ago like wrapped it up or a year and a half ago so um when it happened i kind of started revisiting the thing and where we live this island Mm, there's just this sad case that when this Russian occupation happened, they, they wiped out the population of the whole island, like a couple of thousand people, and just left one couple here to bury all the rest. And, uh, you know, you can still go to cemetery. And it's a long time ago. On the other hand, it's not so long time ago. People don't like Russians here particularly. But I have zero. I used to have. Zero, I used to love Russians and Russia, and I. I can't say it has changed. But the way what's going on now, I just have to. I don't want to think about the whole thing. But I have nothing to do with Russia now. But yeah, it's just crazy that it repeats itself, and I just couldn't help but just yeah, point it out or whatever. Just bring it, bring it in the mix or something like that. I mean, I think um, I didn't know the history before, but um, when I, I heard about it, I think it works as an album title because it's you can it's an album in which you can feel pain and you can feel discomfort and you can feel you know it's anything but a sort of easy easy song or easy collection of songs to listen to. It's actually it's quite disturbing at times. I wonder what you think of my next album. <laughs> Is it even more disturbing? Well, it's more fun also, but like <laughs> it definitely brings more gear in one way or another. <laughs> it's faster. Faster, okay. <laughs> um I just want to ask one more thing if I can. It's been a real it's been a real pleasure. Um but this is something I, I, I like to ask people who who have, as I said, done loads and loads of music. Um, but if you had to play someone, um, let's say my mum, like one song to explain what it is you do, what would it be? Is there one you could choose? I mean, if you, you know, cause you know, I'm, I'm sure you meet, you, you meet people who, uh, they ask what you do. You say you're a musician I'm like, well, what do you make? And it's like, uh, <laughs> I think it really, I would strongly guess that it would depend on my mood then if i would be irritated or if i would be more welcoming or you know is my 
no, absolutely no disrespect to your mom, but if my little finger is up or not, it's uh, that's uh, you know depending how they ask or you know how my how I how my day has been, but accordingly, <laughs> accordingly, I have a play. <laughs> she would be very respectful, I'm sure. I'm sure she used to be a teacher, so you know. Then I would probably play something from the forthcoming jazz queen that I'm working on. Okay, some nice ballad. And it, it, that's not the record that's out in October, right? That's there's something else. Yeah, and um, I think that's going to be released only twenty four spring or something. Okay. There's a bunch of other stuff before. Well, I look forward to hearing it, and um, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. Apologies <laughs> for my strangled Finnish attempts at pronunciation. 